0: here we go welcome Welcome to the nine Nine route fantasy football Football
1: Podcast.
0: podcast what's up everybody welcome back in to the nine route fantasy football podcast pat and scott here in the offseason, uh, season's starting to heat up a little bit as far as that offseason. We have a, an NFL draft coming up this Thursday evening. Round one, uh, obviously, is the big show. And then uh, you see your teams really start to pick up uh, steam throughout the weekend and, and add what they think is the pieces to the puzzle to get them to the promised land. Uh, both on a, again, impact level and, and other guys that are considered developmental Uh, We are a fantasy football podcast first and foremost, but uh, we're going to take a little uh, fantasy trip of our own and we're going to actually do our own first round mock draft of this year's professional draft. Uh, This isn't per se fantasy related. Next week or, or on the next show, we'll probably look to revisit where the impact players for fantasy football uh, skill position, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, things like that that are going to have an impact uh, in the upcoming season once these targets land where they are going to be. There's going to be a lot of movement day of draft. You know, you're going to have dra- draft day trades, different things like that. So Pat and I are just kind of going with the chalk picks where they are. So Jacksonville being one, so on and so forth. Uh, this isn't going to count towards anything uh, with trades in the in the draft. So basically what we're looking to do is see who's the best uh, prognosticator when it comes to that with team needs and whatnot, and picking who we think are the players that are going to end up on the Giants, the Jets, the Cowboys, the Steelers and so on and so forth, and uh, be like a little friendly wager. I guess by the end we'll figure out exactly what we're what we're playing for. Pat, you got any ideas so far?
1: Um, no, I, I, you know, I should let you pick because I, I pretty much won every one of these things that we've done so far since we started the podcast. So I'm gonna let you pick what you decide to lose uh, to me in this draft uh, when I win okay. this one too. So
0: winner, uh, winner, well,
1: loser buys a case at the draft ooh! all right i'm into that yeah sounds fair right so so half half of what we're drinking basically is on the other person uh well the way i drink it it'll all be <laughs> but
0: uh no all kidding aside that you know whatever whatever your go-to 30 pack 24 pack craft uh mainline uh, you know budweiser whatever whatever it is but yeah the the loser will uh, purchase the alcohol for the winner,
1: uh, as far as the beer goes. So, or the adult sodas, I know some kids. The adult sodas. Mm. Sounds good. Sounds good. Yeah. So this is our attempt at, at fantasy GM, we get to, uh, you know, everybody gets to run their own fantasy team. Well, we're going to pretend to, uh, to run all of these teams for at least one, maybe two picks, depending on, uh, which teams we're talking about here. So before the podcast, we did a little, uh, a little coin flip, you won that one. So, you get to start our draft and uh let's jump right into it we got a lot to talk about we scott and i did our own draft picks before you know sat down to record this those are the picks that we're going to use for our competition so we're gonna we're gonna actually alternate here and pick uh he's gonna get jacksonville at one i'm gonna get detroit at two uh so on and so forth but we are gonna give you our individual picks as we go just for for record purposes but we did uh, we did share our our record draft. Who we do think is going to go where now? Like Scott said, this does not include any trades. Which you know we we know for sure that there's going to be a trade at some point in the draft. It it always happens. You know, there's a lot of teams that seem to be looking to trade down from those top few spots already. A lot of buzz about the the, the top six or seven picks uh, potentially being traded, but we're not going to do that. Uh, we're not going to do anything with trades today because it would just get too sloppy and confusing. And we'd both have to agree on everything, which uh, we probably wouldn't. So we're just going to pick them the way that they are and just go from there. So without further ado, Scott, we'll get let you kick off pick number one with the Jacksonville Jaguars. You are officially on the clock.
0: All right. Uh, I, I want to say Vontae Mack, no matter what. <laughs> but obviously he is not available. He was drafted many years ago, I think back in 2014. Uh, Jacksonville, um, obviously they have the pick of the litter right now. If they choose to stay where they're at. There's a lot of buzz that although Aiden Hutchinson is considered arguably the best prospect and and Kayvon Thibodeau is also up there as far as edge rushers uh, for a team that lacks a little bit of defensive punch. They do have Josh Allen, who was a monster for them last year on the defense. Oh, he's a great game. quarterback. Oh, yes. Never mind. (laughs) (laughs) Not that the uh, the defensive end. Um, And they are probably going to look along the lines, I think, of uh, Trayvon Walker. Uh, He's a defensive tackle uh, out of Georgia. He's got a lot of hype around him, and they supposedly are very high on his upside. He is, uh, again, coming out of that Georgia defense. We saw what they could do in college last year, and that he just is really the guy that I think a lot of GMs are salivating over. So with the first pick in the 2022 NFL draft uh, for Jacksonville, I will take Trayvon Walker out of Georgia.
1: Yeah, there's there's talk right now that Jacksonville has four guys um, that, they're, that they're talking about, and Walker is definitely one of them. And and apparently their GM, Trent Balky loves his athleticism. And, and I, you can see why when you watch the tape. So uh, I think that's a good pick i have aiden hutchinson going first only because i feel like jacksonville can't really afford to miss and especially their gm trent Balky can't afford to miss on this pick and so i think hutchinson's a safer option um but i do think that walker is up there and and is uh, is a very good potential that he could go with the with the first pick in the draft so i, I don't think it's a bad pick at all uh i am going to select for detroit one aiden hutchinson as the second pick, he's he's out of Michigan, which would be great for um, the Lions fans would absolutely love to be able to get their hands on uh, Hutchinson here at the second pick. And I think that, you know, Detroit just has so many needs at this point. I think with the number two pick, you just take the best player available in the draft and it helps that uh, they're going to get a, a hometown guy
0: True, uh, I think offensively, obviously and defensively, they need some help, but getting a, a hometown hero, so to speak. Uh, it's almost like a perfect fit, and you know, for Dan Campbell and that that team to put a cornerstone defensive end in there, um, you know, they've, Detroit's had some good defensive guys, uh, uh, Robert Poirier back in the day, some some big names uh, on the defensive line. So adding him is is an excellent call there. And, and again, that was the way I had it as my second pick. Actually, I did have Hutchinson going to Detroit. So uh, moving on, Houston Texans, owners uh, of two. Picks in the first 13, third and 13th. Uh, I have them. We have them, obviously, keeping the third pick overall. And uh, for a team that's just looking to build everywhere, offensively, defensively, special teams, coaching, they just had a coaching change, so on and so forth. Uh, to Like you said, they don't want to miss. Uh, you have a reasonably – a guy I like a lot uh, as a young quarterback in Davis Mills that I think has potential if they surround him with the right things. And one thing is to keep him upright – uh, and that's going to be adding Evan Neal, all six foot seven, 360 pounds. That's a big man. That's a huge man. That's two men. That's two of me. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's going to be the guy I think that they decide to go with to protect uh, on, on that level where he's uh, both pass blocking and in the run game. Uh, he's able to get to the next level for that size and take on linebackers. A lot of these guys that used to just be big Heavy dudes are, are also very athletic on those sides now uh, on, the, on that side of the ball. So Evan Neal, Alabama going third overall to the Houston Texans.
1: Yeah, I have I have Neal going third as well. And just, just for the record, I had Hutchinson and Walker switched. Um, I, I did mention that I had uh, Hutchinson as the one pick, but I did have Tra- Trayvon Walker going to Detroit at number two. So the first three picks off the board, all three of our – um, picks uh, first three picks are gone for from our individual choices. Moving on to pick number four, the New York Jets with one of their two top ten picks that they have, and I think the Jets could go a couple different ways here. Personally, I think just based on the fact that they have a couple of guys that they like, I think the guy that would not fall to their tenth pick, they're going to take here at the number four pick. So I have them picking Kayvon Thibodeau, the edge rusher out of Oregon here. Rumors are that the Jets really like him, and I think this is the spot to to pick him if that's who they want. Because I don't think um, he's going to get past you know the Giants or the the uh, Carolina Panthers uh, in the next couple of picks. So I think they take Thibodeau here and um and and get the guy that they really want and that they really need on the defensive side of the ball to to get some pressure on the quarterback. So Thibodeau is going to be the fourth pick.
0: Yeah. Uh, again, you've, you've, he was right there as like a one and a one A with Hutchinson coming in right out of college, you know, early prospects. And then some people have you know claimed his desire to play. And I, I mean, again, the, the desire is to play in the NFL. The desire is, you know, to make some money and, and do those things well. Uh, and again, to have him on the Jets where they do need to really build uh, that, that's going to be a tough division this year. Miami added a heck of a lot of weapons. You have the monster that is the Buffalo Bills offense uh, and New England, Mac Jones, good young quarterback. So for the Jets to be relevant, their offense uh, showed some promise last year, all across the board with their young players. Time to add that on the defensive side. So I agree.
1: Uh, that's a great pick. Uh, moving who, do on. Have, who do you have it for? For your-
0: I had I had a little bit of that sauce. Ah, I the hot sauce. Gar- I'm a gardener again, based on that. Where the Jets, yes, looking defensively, maybe couldn't pay us up a cornerback, knowing that you got the cheetah now in your division mm-hmm. twice a year on top of that, you know, everything again with, with that Buffalo team, with Stefan Diggs, uh, you're looking to maybe get a guy who can lock some of those guys down uh, for maybe the next like five to 10 years uh, on top of everybody else in the league. But uh, again, Thibodeau getting to the quarterback also helps <laughs> to get wide receivers off their spot and everything like that. Definitely looking at number five, we went the from the New Jets, York giants. the New York football giants, uh, I've heard, I'm hearing things, I'm hearing things that they are uh, very interested in one uh, gentleman by the name of Charles Cross. Now, for a lot of people, uh, they have the young guy out of North Carolina State at Guano, uh, who appears to be maybe the top prospect as far as offensive tackles go, but they really need to get the right tackle solidified. Uh, their draft pick from last year. Uh, struggled a little bit in the beginning and then started to find his footing but you did see where Nate Solder uh, who was playing right tackle for them like that they just really couldn't do much and that team as a whole really was affected by injuries but you're going to bring a young guy in here uh, who's rather athletic for the position uh, for the right tackle you're not protecting a blind side if he does end up going to that position but he's somebody who can help against the pass rush uh, and get out there in traffic and, you know, throw some blocks for plays out of the backfield. They still have what appears to be a dynamic running back in Saquon Barkley. Uh, so anything you could do to help the running game and, and to get him moving into that second level uh, it is big. So I think that Charles Cross out of Mississippi State will be the first offensive lineman. Uh, sorry, second offensive lineman off the board behind Evan Neal. And I see him going to the New York
1: Giants. Yeah, I think the Giants definitely go offensive line here. I have to, I have them taken. Uh, Ikea Quanu at, at number five, but it could very easily be cross as, as well. So, but I do believe it's, it's an offensive lineman one way or the other. So I think that's uh that's a good pick there. Uh, number six, the Carolina Panthers. So, we, you know, we talked earlier about not projecting any trades moving forward in, in this, you know, little exercise that we're doing here. I don't think Carolina keeps this pick, but uh, since I have the pleasure of picking for them, I am going to go ahead and take Ikia Aquanu here at the sixth pick for the Carolina Panthers, because I think this is too high of a spot to draft a not sure thing at quarterback. i um, have seen a lot of mock drafts that have either Kenny Pickett or Malik Willis going here. That's possible. I mean, I, it's, it's one of those things where when you get this high in the draft and there's a, a quarterback that you really like, you, you kind of have to take them. I just feel like with the, all the draft capital that Carolina gave up to get sam darnold last year i don't see them spending more draft capital on that position i think they realize or you know i think they're going to realize that they need to protect whoever it is that's behind center and i think that getting a a standout offensive tackle like ikea kwanu will protect whoever that happens to be whether it's darnold whether it's cam newton whether it's who knows baker mayfield you know there's there's all kinds of speculation swirling around i think if you go ahead and take the offensive lineman uh, protect whatever quarterback you have because these guys in the, in the nfl you know even if they're not the best they're they're really good at what they do they have to be to make it to to, to that level so i think if you give any decent quarterback some protection you're going to get a lot better production out of them so i think the carolina panthers if they keep this pick go offensive line i don't think they keep this pick but um but but that's where i'm gonna we're gonna go for for this uh particular mock draft that we're doing here
0: no, I, again, you said many mocks and that I'm one of them. I, I did have Malik Willis going to Carolina. So I, I thought they would jump, jump on that prospect. And, and, you know, with a quarterback, it buys the coach, the GM, a little bit of, of time to kick the can down the road and, uh, you know, Hey, we got to develop this guy yeah. and you keep know, the job behind, a little bit longer Yeah, playing behind the veteran for a few minutes, Darnold in a mentor role, stuff like that, you know, let alone Cam Newton. So 25 uh, year old Sam Darnold mentoring, uh, a- 23-year-old
1: yeah. uh, Malik Willis. That's what we're getting to now. <laughs> uh,
0: but yes, no, uh, definitely uh, on that call, uh, I would say pretty pretty solid right there.
1: You get to pick for the Giants again.
0: Wow. Oh, this is like your I, dream. I hate myself right now. <laughs> uh, well, I, I, I had had Kayvon Thibodeau sliding down to them. Um, he obviously was taken previously, so I do not have the fortune to to do that. Uh, But I will say that the Giants, uh, we already heard that they're shopping Kadarius Tony, first round pick from last year who had a monster game and and showed some promise, some injuries, and supposedly some maybe lackadaisical attempts at at go-getterism for for a team that's got an entirely different front office. Brian Dayball is a new head coach. Uh, This isn't your father's uh, Giants, there's no Joe Judge coach in high school anymore. This looks like an actual protein that you might actually have to pay attention to. Um, Brian Dable coming from a high-flying offense in Buffalo. And while, you know, we do look at uh, the quarterback situation there and and you see times where it looks like there could be some promise as long as he stays healthy and you put people around him. I think one of the biggest positions that they do really then need to to factor in is with all the injuries, Sterling Sharp gets hurt every, uh, every, Sterling Sharp,
1: no, Sterling Sterling,
0: Shepherd, Sher- Sterling, Sterling Shepard, Sterling Sharp doesn't play anymore. Sterling Shepard, uh, being that guy, you know, again, year after year gets hurt. Evan Ingram's gone. I think they take the first wide receiver off the board for a lot of people. I think they go Garrett Wilson out of Ohio state, uh, putting him in play, getting rid of Tony, uh, you know, it's their guy. They're, they're not going to be wrong for making that pick, uh, you know, and, and given giving that offense another dynamic weapon out of Ohio State, that is just really that that guy that a lot of people think is probably the most complete wide receiver at some levels in this draft. I, I, that's a area of contention because there's about nine of them that are considered studs. Uh, but Daniel Jones being able to throw to a guy like that, uh, I think I think they have a shot. So I, I like Garrett Wilson uh, coming off the board. Uh, originally, I had him in the next slot going, but with all our moves. Uh, I have him going right now to the New York Football Giants, Garrett Wilson.
1: Yeah, it totally snaked me because I had him going to Atlanta next as well. So, um, but I, I do agree that uh, the Giants seems like they have a lot of wide receivers, but. They just have not produced and and I think that uh you get a new guy in there and and you know some new juice. Although they did take a first round wide receiver last year that didn't work out too too well for them. So we'll see how that uh how that works out. But moving on to pick number, oh, I'm sorry for number seven. I had I had Mod Gardner going here. I know that you had him going earlier, which is why you wouldn't have him going to the Giants, but I think with the loss of James Bradbury, I think Gardner seems like a, a pretty safe, solid pick. Uh, for the Giants at number seven. So uh, we're actually going to go to the Atlanta Falcons at pick number eight. And Atlanta needs a few things, potentially a quarterback, definitely a wide receiver, probably an edge rusher. Um, They could also use a safety, um, although I don't think that's a priority for them. So with what we have left on the board, let's go ahead and let's go ahead and give them an edge rusher and we're going to give them Jermaine Johnson from Florida State. I know a lot of people think that Johnson is you know maybe the second most athletic edge rusher in this class behind Trayvon Walker. You know, he's one of those guys who, you know, they call you hear them called motor guys, guys who just don't take a play off. They go 110% every single play and he's been he's been jumping up draft boards. Eight may be a little high, but I think that you know, it, it, having everything fall sort of the way that it has in, in this little mock draft, which is why we do these fun little things, because you never know, especially when when two different people are picking, you know, when, when I did my own mock draft, you know, obviously I kind of knew who who was going next and whatnot. But, but when you throw somebody else's picks in there and somebody else's ideas, and now NFL, you know, GMs, they have to deal with this with 32 other people, not or 31 other people, not just uh, you and I. So, uh, it gets even more uh confusing and and you know difficult for them to to step up and get the guys that they want I'm sure so uh i th- i think i could have went wide receiver here as well but uh atlanta has so many needs that you know they may just take the best player available and uh i think that could potentially be Jermaine Johnson so yeah.
0: I, again, I had. Uh, well, you can't go wrong yet when you're when you're that bad. You're you're really just looking at a tool. I actually ha- originally had Garrett Wilson going at this spot at the 8th spot, which I see that you also originally mm-hmm. did have. Uh, I actually had Jermaine Johnson going way down. Um, no, no fault of his own. Uh, all the way down at seventeen to the. Uh, chargers based on team need and, and fit and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But yeah, I, I mean, again, there's there's nothing wrong with with him going in that spot. It, it's just totally, they can't go wrong picking any of this top players. Again, you could see a wide receiver come off the board because of the Calvin Ridley situation and mm-hmm. they want to give, you know, Mariota or somebody down there. And yeah, they could take a splash and go with uh, Malik Willis or a quarterback prospect this year, or, or maybe they're looking to tank and, and slide into the 2023 draft. We'll see. Speaking of teams that are looking for a quarterback, <laughs> we're looking at the <laughs> Seattle Seahawks in the ninth spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, originally, I had uh, uh, Ekwonu, uh the offensive tackle, go in there, and he is off the board. But there is the darling of the draft. And you know what? <laughs> uh, I know you actually did have him in this spot, but mm-hmm. damn it, I'm putting him in there. Uh, the <laughs> Seattle Seahawks with the ninth pick. I know Drew Locke's there, but, and well, that's exactly why they're making this. (laughs) Malik Willis, uh, you know, consider him, you know, a Russell Wilson-esque kind of guy, so to speak. Uh, You know, maybe they take the shot on him, but I I could see Malik Willis out of Liberty finally coming off the board. Uh, You know, these teams are going to see the quarterback sliding and they're just going to drool over him a little bit. And, you know, Seattle's got good offense around them. I mean, their offensive line actually played decent last year compared to what they used to be. Uh, You have Rashad Penny, who looked a little bit like he's got potential to finally be healthy and break out. Chris Carson can be healthy. He was always a a decent looking running back. And you know what kind of firepower they have at the wide receiver spot with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. We saw what he did, obviously, in a a little bit of a pro day. But being able to chuck that ball deep to those guys the way, you know, the way he did to throw it to these guys, forget about it. Uh, And even, you know, Noah Fant at tight end, it was a little bit of a prospect. I think if Malik Willis falls to this spot, it's a pretty good spot. And, and again, you have Pete Carroll, who's you know a player's coach and gets a lot of respect and, and work out of these guys. I think that would be a good situation, a good organization for him to come up in, uh, maybe not day one starter, depending on how well he does in camp. But uh, to be day one starter, I wouldn't be surprised one bit. So Malik Willis goes to the Seattle Seahawks.
1: Yeah, and you obviously know I agree. That's that's who I had um, taken the first quarterback off the board. So. Do you get to make two picks for the Giants? I get to make two picks for the Jets. Wow, this is weird. this is both of our lucky days apparently. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I have at this pick my the player that I have going to the Jets is still on the board, and I and I truly think this is probably the worst case scenario for the Jets uh, when it comes to their indecision because I believe uh, in in our little mock draft here we have not had a Mod Gardner selected yet. You, you had him going at a pick that I chose, and I did not choose him, obviously. I think the Jets would benefit from having him on their team. Um, I believe you actually did have him going to the Jets at four, yes. and I believe they would love to to pick him up. But, but I've also been hearing rumors that they want to surround their second year quarterback with some more talent. So I think having two top 10 picks, they're going to spend one on offense, one on defense. So for this second pick, I'm going to take Jamison Williams, wide receiver out of Alabama. Uh, I know that he was injured at the end of the season in the in the national championship game. A lot of people think that that's why uh, Alabama lost that game because they lost Williams little little more than halfway through that game. He's a special talent, uh, you know. Coming off an ACL, it, it kind of used to be, you know, th- there was guys in the NFL who had ACL injuries who. He just never recovered from it. But I think, you know, modern medicine, we progress and and you know, there's there's better treatments. There's the surgeries become better. You know, you see so many of these guys come back. Odell Beckham, you know, he looked like he didn't really lose a step after his first ACL injury. Um, we'll see how he looks after the second one. But I, I just I, I don't think that the Jets can pass up on a receiver with his size, his ability, and you know, he's gonna maybe not be completely 100 percent ready for the start of the season but i've already seen workout videos of this guy working out and he looks you know like he but by the time training camp rolls around he should be um at least able to participate in the non-contract non-contact drills and things like that so i think the jets want to surround zach wilson with more talent and i think they're going to go with jamison williams here at the 10 pick
0: it's a smart pick. Uh, I mean, again, yeah, you combine him with Elijah Moore, uh, another young stud on that team, and and uh, a, a player who, in fantasy football circles, uh, Jameson Crowder, uh, actually left as a free agent, went to Buffalo, uh, which is probably going to be a pretty good situation for him, mm-hmm. taking over for Cole Beasley. But uh, this will be a good guy to have. Uh, Corey Davis, uh, you know, criminally always gets hurt and, and has moments. He has some good games, but... Uh, to pair this young player with that team, uh, the pedigree of wide receiver he is, and again we saw what Elijah Moore once he kind of got his wheels under him, he he started taking off. That would be that would be a, a hell of a combo uh, for for Zach Wilson. Uh, again, we're any quarterback to to throw to, and at times that offense did have some moments uh, where they looked pretty good. Now, if they can protect the quarterback, keep him upright so he can make those throws, we shall see. But Jameson mm-hmm. Williams is a good call uh, for the Jets who are just looking to add. All kinds of young talent. I myself had them taking the safety out of Notre Dame, Kyle Hamilton, uh to stay on the defensive side of the ball where I would have had Sauce Gardner and, and Hamilton as a combo. Uh moving on to the Washington, oh, what are they called now? The Commanders, the Commies, uh, you know, <laughs> fo- the football team, you the, know, the, the Manders, the Salamanders. Know, it's it's just, you know. It, as much as it sounds like a total bleep show uh, in Washington, and we know that it <laughs> Thank is. Thank you for censoring yourself, by the way. Yeah, I really wanted to go there, but I'm not, you know, again. For, <laughs> I mean, just, I would have had
1: to edit it, but now I don't. So I appreciate it's it. It's overkill.
0: Yeah, I don't have the radio <laughs> edit button built in yet. I got to find that. Um, for for a team, they they did, um, you know, they did lose uh, Brandon Scherf, their all pro guard. Um, to the Jacksonville Jaguars that quietly uh, did pretty well for themselves in free agency. Um, I know there's a lot of stud players out there. There's wide receivers and and there's running backs and there's uh, defensive players. And, And again, this team every year, defensively, Washington's always pretty much right there. They're, they're not a bad team. They're pretty solid. They got a good pass rush, so on and so forth. Last year, they did seem to dip a little bit, But I think on the offensive side of the football with Carson Wentz now at the quarterback spot, again, they could take a quarterback. You never know. But I feel like they're going to try to beef the offensive line back up uh, and they're going to actually reach, which, again, this would be a total Washington type move. I have them going all the way down the board and taking Zion Johnson. Uh, He is the uh, highest rated offensive guard. In this year's draft, Uh, he's out of Boston College. And again, a lot of the stuff is that he's a good power run scheme blocker, um, as well as, you know, being able to do triple options. So he's 6'2, 314. He's very athletic uh, and in a guard position with a lot of pulling guard work. And and again, we've seen that with uh, Antonio Gibson, JD McKissick, those running backs get used uh, multifaceted. And as long as he can protect Wentz or whoever is the quarterback du jour in Washington, uh, I think that that would be the play. Again, are they going to maybe go for like a big name wide receiver? I don't know. I mean, I, I think for some of these teams, they're, after what just happened in the offseason, as much as we see these young players and they do want to get them in cheap uh, for four or five years before they do, uh, you know, command the Tyreek Hill money and, and so on and so forth, the Stephon Diggs money, I think some of them might be, leery to take some of these guys in the first round, so to speak, and only because there's still no guarantees. If they decide to hold out, you're stuck, and then you're going to be either you know not playing them and not paying them, or you're going to trade them and then be right back to square one where you are. Could be wrong, but again, I, I feel like Zion Johnson could be the pick for them to just play it safe and and not do anything over top over the top, and and have a nice five year with a you know the the, the fifth year option. Have a nice five year. Uh, offensive lineman, a young guy to kind of build that offense around.
1: Yeah, I think there's a couple of places Washington could go. I I actually have them taking a wide receiver here, uh, Chris Olave out of Ohio State. But I do think uh, offensive line is a big need of theirs as well. And I think they could go either way with it. So, yeah, I think that's I think that's a fairly solid pick on your part. I'm going to kind of veer here from from who I have. I actually have Derek Stingley going to Minnesota at the 12th pick. Uh, I both of us have Ahmad Gardner off the board in our individual picks uh, at this point, but he is still on the board here. And I believe if this situation were to, uh, you know, were to arise where both Gardner and Stingley were on the board at the 12 spot, I do believe Gardner would be the pick. So I'm going to go ahead and take Ahmad Gardner. I think it's a foregone conclusion that Minnesota is taking somebody on the defensive side of the ball, as bad as their defense was last year. Uh, a shutdown corner is a great place to start. I think with the top edge rushers off of the board, um, taking one of the the top two consensus shutdown corners is probably uh, a great pick for uh, a struggling So I'm going to give Minnesota a mod sauce Gardner. Yeah, uh, you, you have I have a 12.
0: We, we have, uh, you know, we have that, we, we like us some sauce. Definitely. It's just that, you know, we were, we were letting it slow cook, you know, as all people do. Uh, I actually had them going with, I had the Vikings taking Jordan Davis, uh, Mm -hmm. the defensive tackle. And I I felt like, you know, there was a pretty good shot that maybe even you would have had them off the board. And, and again, it's obviously, you know, different interpretation of, of different things like that. So I, I, you know, I, I don't see anything wrong with that. Again, I know Jordan Davis is a little bit of an athletic freak based on the size, and, and Minnesota maybe needed that in that spot as well. But you know, for them to add a cornerback again in a in a division where you have Aaron Rodgers twice a year, anything you can do to benefit yourself is is huge. So I think putting a player like that in place is is pretty solid. So then that means that the Houston Texans are back on the board. And I originally had james Jamison Williams falling. To the 13th spot Houston taking a wide receiver, Pat took him off the board for the Jets. Um, so there is a guy who's been hanging around. I had him going 10 to the Jets, and based on all the different draft boards and, and big boards you see, um, it, it's just this guy that that I'm surprised none of us already have off the board. Maybe <laughs> it's just how it's going to go in the draft. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Houston needs a lot of help, defensive, offensive. Uh, to get a guy that just basically would be almost like their Captain America, I got him taking Kyle Hamilton, the safety out of Notre Dame. I, I think it's going to be a foregone conclusion that he's off the board probably by this point, again, like we were saying, between trades and whatnot. But for Houston to see a guy sitting here like this and know that, okay, you know, we, we had the ability to put this guy who could be a 12-, 13-year veteran, uh, a player of the ilk of almost like a, you know, he's 6'4", 220, he's got athleticism for safety, um, Yeah, it basically almost like a mini linebacker at that point. And we've seen that a lot of these safeties have been used in that scheme. Uh, you know, uh, Malcolm Jenkins, for instance, both with the Eagles and the Saints was kind of that guy. Uh, Brian Dawkins was the prototype back in the day. So I, I think Kyle Hamilton going off the board gives them a solid foundation in, uh, for their franchise on the defensive side of the ball for Houston Texans taking Kyle Hamilton out of Notre
1: Dame. Yeah, I think, uh, I think if he's still on the board, that's a great pick. And and that's actually who I have going uh, at that 13 spot. I, I think he's just too, he's just too good of a player. And Houston doesn't, you know, Houston has so many needs that I think it's, this is kind of a great spot for them to be in with two, two picks in the top 15 and and just taking the best player that they can, that they can get at those two spots. And, and I think, You know, I think they did that, um, at least in in this mock draft. So uh, moving on to pick number 14, the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, I have the Ravens taking, um, well, he's still on the board. So let's just go ahead and select them. I do believe that the Ravens are going to look to beef up uh, their offensive line. And from everything I'm hearing, uh, Tyler Linderbaum, the center out of Iowa, is um, just one of those can't-miss offensive line guys. He's going, you know, being the center, you're the one making the, you know, the shifts and the calls and and stuff like that. And he's, you know, he's he's a very athletic offensive lineman. He can get out and pull, which is very rare at the center position. You see, uh, as Eagles fans, we see Jason Kelsey doing that a lot. A very athletic guy. Linderbaum is a bigger Jason Kelsey, which, you know, Kelsey's only knock really was his size. Um, and But he's been an outstanding, uh, you know, I think I think he's had a, a Hall of Fame career. I think he's been that good. Uh, I think Tyler Linderbaum is potentially a, a guy that we could talk about uh, being in the Hall of Fame and, and maybe another 15 or 20 years. He's got that kind of talent and the Ravens need to, um, you know, they they need to need to protect their franchise quarterback. So I think Linderbaum is a good pick here for the Ravens at 14. Who did you uh
0: uh, I had offensive line. I, I actually was sliding over to uh, probably the blind side uh, of the quarterback. I like Trevor Penning out of mm-hmm. Northern Iowa. Uh, so again, we're not too far off on that concept. I think a
1: couple spots down.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it's like it's it's kind of like you know pick your poison in a sense. And some of these guys come in and you know, maybe if there's an incumbent there for the sake of a year or two, they will slide him into a guard spot or something like that. But yeah, I I think overall that that's going to probably be a big thing for them. Uh, we saw that obviously you know, Lamar Jackson got a little banged up last year. That O-line did not have its strength uh, with them. Uh, they did make some moves. I know they acquired one from Kansas City to try to get beefy right before the season started. And then at the same time, the running game, which mm-hmm. is... <laughs> You know, if anybody stays healthy for them this year, you're definitely going to want somebody. And and I think, yes, from the center position to kind of push through to the second level and protect, let alone, like you say, pull out and, and be somebody on a sweep or, or something like that. So, uh, again, I don't think you can go wrong. I think Linderbaum is, a, is an awesome pick there for the Baltimore Ravens who need that help. Uh, sliding into the Philadelphia Eagles. Team Patton, I know a little bit about. Um, Just a little. I have this, you had him going at 12. I had him sliding all the way down to this spot. And I think if he's here, he's, again, he's one of these players on these draft boards that is just so highly ranked for, for everybody. And I know coming off a little bit of an injury, but um, you know, at the end of the day, I don't think people care about that. They know some of these guys can really bounce back. Uh, Derek Stingley jr. Cornerback out of LSU. I think is the perfect complement for the Eagles to take at this spot. Um, you know, they already have a pretty a pretty uh, borderline legendary cornerback who just get a little longer in the tooth, but you know was healthier this year and, and looked pretty solid um, in Darius Slay. So I think to bring a young guy like this in and to let him see his work ethic and his uh, football acumen, very smart cornerback who really knows how to play wide receivers really well and, and play off the quarterbacks at the same time. Uh, I think Derek Stingley Jr., if he's available, I don't I don't think the Eagles wait. I think they pick the phone up right away, make that call and strengthen their defense, which uh, in the secondary, you, you can't go wrong. Again, you have Dallas twice a year with a very potent passing offense. Uh, again, the Giants could add some pieces, Washington's play. Uh, at, at times, you know, you, you have people there that you're, you're definitely looking to go after, but I, I think if Derek Stingley Jr. is there, I think the Eagles take him at, at 15 and and that would be a godsend if he even makes it that far.
1: Yeah. I, um, I have, I have Drake London going here. I, I feel like, and this is just this, you know, I've done a couple of mock drafts and I feel like in, I, in all of the mock drafts that I've done by myself, I haven't had Stingley falling this far. I haven't had, uh, Gardner falling as far either. So this is this is kind of a little bit different for me because I do believe that he it would be a great pick for the Eagles at that spot. I do think that if the Eagles are going to go wide receiver, which it, it seems like they're going to um, uh, again this year, I feel like they would take their wide receiver first at this 15th pick. But again, if Stingley's on the board, he may not make it uh, back to you at pick number 18 so uh I, th- that would be a tough choice um but i did like i said i did have uh, drake london going here um but i, I do I, I would love to see derek Stingley on the eagles personally so mm-hmm. uh, moving down to the new orleans saints at number 16 i have them taking uh offensive tackle trevor penning um he is still on our big board here since you did not get to select him for the ravens so Let's go ahead and put Trevor Penning in for the Saints. I think after losing to Ron Armstead in uh, free agency, the Saints are definitely on the hunt for another, you know, offensive tackle to keep Jameis Winston upright for the 2022 season and and beyond. If if he you know remains their quarterback moving forward, um, you know Michael Thomas comes back this year. Alvin Kamara is still under contract. I think the Saints' offense has the potential to still be. Uh, a very good offense, you know, maybe not as good as it was with Drew Brees at quarterback, but uh, I still think that they have a chance to to be a solid offense. And I think they need to make sure that they can, you know, James Winston's one of those guys where, you know, you, if you put pressure on him and he will make mistakes. And I think the saints realize that about him and they're going to want to make sure that they protect him and, and try to keep the pressure off him. So I'm going with Trevor Penning here at 16.
0: Yeah, I, I had him. Sliding back there, like we said, with Baltimore, um, offensive line, yeah, I mean, we saw that really was the nail in the coffin for the Saints season, was as soon as the quarterback went down, they were scrambling to try to find that replacement, and you're already looking for a replacement for Drew Brees at that moment, and I mean, Jameis Winston looked pretty good, I mean, until, again, until he got hurt, and then that whole offense kind of fell apart and you have the new coaching staff there and everything. I myself actually had wide receiver uh, Chris Olave going there out of Ohio State, which uh, looking to add a little bit more on the skill position. Uh, Michael Thomas, still a bit of an enigma as far as like the injury and, and what's up with him. Is he somebody who we could see move here during this draft as part of a package to get. Somewhere, you know, uh that you quietly, yeah. You see teams move up and down the draft uh, as far as picks go for this year, next year, and so forth. But you do see some of these guys that are um outliers for their own team, and you know, that's what they happens, they just get turned into collateral damage and and basically help teams gain picks or or get the guy. The other team wants the wide receiver, they can't get them, they got beat up in the first round and couldn't get their guy. Oh, heck, they're going to make a move. Uh, And some of these teams having two first-round picks have the flexibility with the Saints to do that. The Saints need all the help they can get as far as getting out from under salary cap issues. So, uh, you know, we'll we'll see how it goes. Moving on, Los Angeles Chargers. Um, Now, originally, I had them taking Jermaine Johnson. Uh, He went way back uh, in this draft. Pat got him. And um, I think that they are still going to look for an edge rusher uh, on that level and and I mean the kid out of Purdue uh George Karloftis Karloftis leave it to the Greeks to make things tough <laughs> um George Karloftis now okay I love my Greek brothers George Karloftis um you know he, he, he's just big guy 6'3 266 he's got the speed uh he had seven and a half sacks in 2019 and then uh you know got a little banged up in 2020 missed the season but overall he is considered a nightmare for opposing quarterbacks and and coming out of the big 10 uh you know just like an aiden hutchinson um you know they they do have a pretty strong pedigree he's got a very high grade across the board uh, he's one of the tops of his position and i think that could be the final piece uh for that team where they've added a lot defensively their offense wasn't too shabby The Chargers last year as we know well so they had one side of the ball was decent on defense and the rest was a little a little bit suspect so i, I like uh, I like Karloftis going to the Los Angeles Chargers at 17.
1: Yeah, I have them uh, I have them taking Jordan Davis, who was still on the board. I think Davis, um, like you said, with um, you know, with his ability to uh, to be a run stopper and also the athleticism to to push the pocket and and you know potentially create some pass rush in the middle, I think um he would be a perfect fit for that team. I know they did add Sebastian Joseph Day from the Rams, who sort of fits that bill and, and may make Jordan Davis not a necessity. But I've had Jordan Davis going into the Chargers since my very first mock draft. And it just seems like every every time I get here, he's on the board and, and it just seems to make sense to me. So I have him have them taking Jordan Davis. But uh I do like the the Carloftis pick as well. I get to pick for the Eagles at number 18 here and my guy is still on the board, the guy that I had the Eagles taking first. So I'm going to go ahead and take him here at number 18. Drake London, wide receiver USC. Uh, I think that the if the Eagles decide to add a wide receiver, which, you know, I'm hearing that that there's a pretty good shot that they they will or they could. Um I think that Drake London is a perfect fit for the other side of the field. Devontae Smith is an extremely good route runner, uh, but he's but he's small. And that was the knock on him coming out of college. Drake London is he's, he's been measured anywhere from six foot three to six foot five. So so we'll call him six foot four, 220 pounds. I think he's the the jump ball type of guy who can uh you know can go up and get it. And I think, you know, with uh the precision sort of route running that that Smith offers, I think that London can sort of be the other piece that the Eagles need on offense to sort of take that their passing game to the next level. I know last year we saw them run the ball a lot, and that had a lot to do with the pieces that they had and obviously a mobile quarterback and a really good run blocking offensive line, which I I do still think that they're going to run the ball quite a bit this year. But I think that if they want to take the next step and and evolve their offense, a big, strong wide receiver like Drake London could uh, could be just what the doctor ordered for that. So I'm going to give them Drake London. You had them taking Devin Lloyd here at number eighteen. Looking at yeah, your, your draft, yeah. I I also had him taking Devin Lloyd in one of the earlier ones that I that I did. And actually, I think I have him I have him taking Drake London earlier at fifteen, and Devin Lloyd here in my mock draft. So I, I do agree with you that Lloyd is the pick at this spot. Again, you never know how these things are going to fall out. I didn't have Derek Stingley being available. So, um, you know, this is one of those things where you got to let the draft come to you. It's just like fantasy football. You know, don't don't go in with uh, a plan set in stone, right?
0: No, you, you have to be, you know, have to be fluid when it comes to all this stuff. And I mean, offensively, you know, when you're talking about taking a wide receiver, I think that you know, London is a big name prospect. I get a little nervous when the Eagles take wide receivers out of uh, the West Coast there. <laughs> uh, you know, that at, at Pac-10, Pac-12, uh, the last guy's going to be turning into a tight end, supposedly, in J.J. <laughs> or Whiteside. So, uh, yeah, try that. Try that one on for size. Uh, but, yeah, being a taller player that could jump, big red zone target again. That's what we heard about mm-hmm. J.Jaw, and, and we are still waiting to see that from J.Jaw. But, again, he... Based on the prospect, I think a lot of people haven't rated high. And that would be a very smart pick uh for the first round for a wide receiver for a team that's still looking to get it right. Uh, they've gotten one good one and one not so good one and another one, and like we said, with uh, second round picks. So uh I think we're in a good spot there. Moving to the second of two first rounders uh from the New Orleans Saints. Again, this is a team that I think is, you know, just looking to but just look at a retool, get younger. Malcolm Jenkins retired this year, uh, and and that is a a huge blow to a team that's you know looking for some veteran leadership, uh, unless they can get younger. Now, at the end of the day, I think with this player still being available, this is somebody that they are going to look at and and see as maybe an incumbent, uh, so to speak, for him. A uh, Daxton Hill, uh, who's a quarterback safety, kind of had played a little bit of both, but really is a safety. Uh, six foot 191 out of Michigan. Uh, he had a 4.3 second 40 yard dash coming out of high school. So the speeds there, the combine speeds were there for him. Uh, he's got a great vertical leap. He's got the, all the athleticism uh, that you're looking for at this position. Again, coming out of a big 10 school with a good pedigree, chances are this kid knows how to play some football. Uh, and he was probably on the, you know, it looks like he was on the back end of what Aiden Hutchinson did. So uh, coming out of a team that had a pretty solid defense, it was in the mix for a national title this year. I think they they play it smart. At, you know, as far as taking one offense, one defense. I think Daxton Hill would be uh, a pretty solid pick right there for them uh, if he is still on the board uh, at number 19. You never know.
1: Yeah, I have them taking Jermaine Johnson here, who obviously is is gone earlier in this in this draft. So, um, but I, I do like that pick as well, and I do think that these teams with two picks most of them are going to go offense and defense. I think it it only makes sense uh, to, to, you know, to make sure that you're adding talent on both sides of the ball. All right. So number 20, the Pittsburgh Steelers, I think this would be the Pittsburgh Steelers dream scenario. If I think everybody's
0: got this guy (laughs) in there,
1: if Kenny Pickett falls to them uh, again, another hometown kid, you know, last year, the, the, the sentiment was, you know, uh, pairing college, quarterbacks with their wide their college wide receivers. Uh this year seems, you know, our, our draft seems to be going uh with the keeping the hometown guys, uh at least the college town guys in the, the same city. So uh Pittsburgh Steelers would take Kenny Pickett here at number 20. I think it's no secret that the Steelers need a quarterback. They signed Mitch Trubisky. I think Mitch Trubisky has never truly gotten a fair shake um as far as you know a, a real shot to be a quarterback i believe he was the second overall pick uh the year that he came out in 2017 or 2018 whenever that was and he just i think he he's had he has the potential to be a, a solid quarterback but i think that uh i think kenny pickett is just a pro ready quarterback a lot of nonsense about Pickett and his small hands and all that stuff which you know i don't really put a lot of stock into that i think pittsburgh would love to to take kenny pickett here with pick number 20.
0: Yeah, uh, I am 100% unanimous with you on that, and and it almost seems like a no-brainer, unless somehow, some way, there was some either person, maybe they had, either they have a quarterback ranked higher that nobody knows about, or we're just looking at this, again, this dream scenario where it even harkens back to 83 Uh, When you had uh, a young Dan Marino and Pittsburgh was one of the many teams that passed on him uh, and he fell all the way to the Dolphins and we saw what turned out to be one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time playing a a pretty solid career. Um, Now, not comparing the two generically, but he did break a lot of records and I know today's (laughs) game compared to, you know, the way it used Mm -hmm. to be in college. uh, uh, and, and and it was more run heavy oriented and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, yeah, I mean they're they're looking to move on from the the shadow of Big Ben. Uh, Trubisky again, I think, is a good stopgap, albeit uh, maybe even a full year starter. Or or you know, hey, again, these guys get beat out in camp and and they get cut or, or they ride the bench. He just sat behind Josh Allen for a season, uh, and and I think he kind of gets what it is. But he's competitive, so uh, Kenny Pickett going to Pittsburgh seems like a Um, probably the only absolute. So I think this one's a push. We can't count this towards our win total.
1: Yeah, well, we Uh, both have them. So
0: at the end of the, at the end of the draft, that would mean that the New England Patriots. Yes. The the evil empire is up (laughs) at at 21. Bill Belichick, who, you know, if if you're listening to rumors that uh, of what he does in the NFL and, and his little back channel things, it's just hilarious, but uh, they uh, just lost their top cornerback uh, in the last two seasons. Uh, Stefan Gilmore was traded. Uh, their other one signed with the uh, Los Angeles Chargers. Big free agent contract. Uh, they need to get strength on that side of the football. Uh, there's, there's no doubt about it. Again, looking at, that, looking at that division, looking at what happened when you didn't have uh, a storm to end all storms against Buffalo. Uh, they wiped the floor with you pretty much throughout the entire mm-hmm. season. And, and that playoff game was just an, an abomination. At this point, we had Sauce Gardner. We have Derek Stingley off the board. Um, so now you're getting into a couple guys that are kind of close. Uh, you have Andrew Booth Jr. You have Kaira Elam uh, out of Florida. You have Trent McDuffie out of Washington, who seems to be a big name as well. I kind of like the uh, the SEC lean. So uh, McDuffie's out. I think Andrew Booth Jr. is probably going to be the guy that they really go with here. Um, again, he's got the right size to to play it. He's not the tallest cornerback in the draft, but he's six foot, he's 194. Um, again, he's he's been protested going up against Georgia, Alabama, all those sec SEC teams, uh, you know, on that level. So he's got the right bit uh of of talent and and is, you know, definitely a guy who has good leaping ability, which is going to help him do his thing. I think they have to get young on the defensive side of the football. Again, unless somebody else is there, they would probably look to draft a cornerback. And I think Andrew Booth Jr. is going to be the guy that goes to New England Patriots to, to start his career.
1: Yeah, I agree that they're going with cornerback. I had them taking McDuffie, but I think it's a toss up. I think they could be, like you said, it could be McDuffie. It could be Booth. It could be Elam. Any of those guys, I think, but but definitely cornerback um, seems to be a, a big need for the Patriots. So I, I definitely agree with you there. Pick number 22, the Green Bay Packers. Uh, the Green Bay Packers have a history of not taking wide receivers in the first <laughs> round. Um, they also have a history of pissing off their soon-to-be Hall of Fame quarterback. And I don't think they want to keep that going. So I think they're going to take a wide receiver with one of their two picks. I think with the uh, the other defensive players on the board that they're looking at, um, if these players are still available, uh, come pick number twenty-two. I believe the pick here would be Traylon Burks, and that's who actually that's who I have going in my mock draft that that I'm using as our official as my official submission. Uh, Burks is again he's a big guy uh, gives gives Aaron Rodgers a big target, and he's just you know he's one of those guys who has kind of been all over the the map as far as you know where i've seen him ranked i've seen some some places have him ranked as you know the, the number three wide receiver and then some places have him ranked as like the eighth best wide receiver uh, but i do think he's a playmaker and i think that that's what the that's what the packers need and i think that that's the type of person uh, the type of receiver that aaron Rodgers wants so um i believe that Traylon burks will be the pick here at number 22 for the packers
0: yeah i, I mean. I, I got to think that, like you said, that that it's something that they've always seemed to not want to give to that guy that they just paid, you know, a king's ransom to to play for just a couple more seasons. Devontae Adams gets traded, um, you know, because they they're running out of a little bit of flexibility there to mm-hmm. to kind of get what they need a- at this rate. It would be a no-brainer, like you said, unless somebody else is there, or they had a wide receiver that was that fell or, or was ranked higher. So, yeah, I think Traylon Burks, who who has again all the the skill set and the and the size to be there, I think that that would be the the next guy, and this would be one of the bigger name wide receivers that they've ever placed with him. And you still got Randall Cobb and a couple other people hanging around. So, yeah, I think that's a that's an excellent pick. I actually had him going uh, at twenty four to the Dallas Cowboys.
1: You had uh, Drake London going here, which you know, obviously in this yes. in this mock draft, he's gone. Um, but yeah, so big bodied receiver kind of win and jump balls, same type of thing. So I, I think if if Burks is gone and, and London is available, I I do believe that would be the pick as well. So I don't think either of us are, are wrong here. I just think London goes earlier. Yeah, no, absolutely.
0: And that being said, uh we are on to the Arizona Cardinals. Earlier on, I did have Karloftis going here, uh, sliding down the board, but with all the maneuvering that we've had to do as as our GM skills are, are being put to the test, um, I think that this team is, you know, they, they have some needs. I mean, overall, they, they at the beginning of the year in, in fantasy, we looked at them and we said, my God, this offense is amazing. And then we turn around and suddenly, you know, suddenly it's, it's one of those deals where they, they just fell apart overall. And I mean, you know, you saw uh, different players for them do well. Uh, They, they, they lost some people in free agency. Uh, So I've just been like on the fly, trying to get an idea of what I think is something that they could go with or reach for. This is a, this is a spot where I could see Arizona possibly trading back uh, depending on where, where the draft board is. But I think, You know what? Uh, Chase Edmonds is in Miami. You got two pretty good running backs hanging out here right now, Uh, and and they're still there. And and I know the running back position is kind of turning into a dinosaur. At this rate, I think that. They're going to go running back. You have a you have a, a good veteran there who had a nice season, and, and they decided to bring him back, and that's that's all well and good. But I think overall, you're not going to see him dominate the football. And we saw a lot of his stuff was definitely touchdown based. And for James Conner to make it through seasons without injury is is new. Now again, Pittsburgh was a different story. I think they're taking Brees Hall at this rate. If if this is the way the board is for us uh, out of Iowa State, he's the top ranked running back uh, overall he's, he fits all the bills. Um, you know, as far as in 2020 alone, I mean, he was, you know, he had 1,572 yards. So he ran for even more than Najee Harris in college. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he had 21 touchdowns and, and he can make plays through the air, 23 catches for 180 yards. He's, he's kind of like that total package, so to speak, um, you know, different variations on his height, 5'11, 6'1. one, but, uh, he looks to be the guy that a lot of people have, uh, Fitting the bill. So, Brees Hall, I think, out of Iowa State. Uh, Arizona gets themselves a running back if they stay here, based on our draft.
1: Yeah, I had Arizona going cornerback here. I had him
0: going. I had him going McDuffie at first in my yeah. head. I'm like, you know what? They really, if these guys are hanging out, him or Kenneth Walker, I think that they could. They could make a move again unless they have somebody else on the radar. But I, I think that based on this, it's just our, our fantasy stuff.
1: I just want Brees Hall to go to Buffalo, which is where I have him going. So oh, it 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 disheartens me a little bit to see him see you take him here, but that's okay. Uh, I'll let you live with that one. But uh yeah, you got, you
0: got Devin Singletary, you got nothing to <laughs> yeah. worry
1: about. Yeah, sure. Five seven Devin Singletary, yeah. Um all right, so the Dallas Cowboys are up at number twenty-four, and um, can I skip this pick? Is that is that allowed, or do I? I'm um,
0: fine. To- no, we got it. We got it. I I had to take two Giants. That's true. So, All right, All and right. I Fair took enough. Washington's pick, so that's the least you could do. Clean, <laughs> clean up my mess, please.
1: Thank you. All right, so the Dallas Cowboys. I, I have them taking an offensive lineman. Uh, he is still on the board. I, I know that the wide receiver. You know, come this this point in the draft. Uh, if Chris Olave is still on the board, which, you know, we haven't picked him for anybody yet here, that, that could be an option for them. I know that if Jerry Jones had his way, he would take offensive skill players with every pick of the draft. Uh, but I think that they're they, he's learning to do the smart thing. And I think that they need to start rebuilding that offensive line. And so uh, I'm going to go ahead and give them Kenyon Green, the offensive guard out of Texas A&M. Again, the, their their offensive line was good last year, but they did lose some players in free agency, and I think that they need to get younger. Those guys have the, the Dallas offensive line has been a, a very solid offensive line for a very long time, one of the best in the league a few years ago, but it's slowly declining, and I think it's time to uh, sort of rebuild that position. And uh, you know, got two really good running backs, Dak Prescott. You want to make sure that you protect that investment as well, and. I think that, you know, as far as offense goes, I think you have to start up front. I don't think that you can be a good offensive team without good blocking up front. So I think Dallas Cowboys select a, a guard here.
0: Yeah, I, I think that Steven Jones is starting to whisper a little bit more into dad's ear. And like you said, they're, you know, they're, they're making the smart picks smarter picks when it comes to things at least on paper so yeah that that once vaunted offensive line it, that really started to show its age and and look very long in the tooth I think is is something that they do they need to retool uh, again with the the pass rush of the the Washington commanders that's always been around for the last few years the Giants quietly have a pretty solid defense uh, and and again the Eagles know how to get to the quarterback sometimes too so uh, very smart pick I think Ken Young Green will will benefit that team and be a Cornerstone offensive lineman, probably for a better part of a decade. That brings us to the 25th pick, uh, Buffalo Bills. that had a a tremendous season um, that ended in a very tough overtime loss in the playoffs. Um, You wanted Brees Hall to go here so bad you could taste it. Um, I think that they, the way he kind of finishes, again, Devin Singletary looked kind of Okay. Uh, especially in the back end of the season. It looked like he finally came into his own. Zach Moss was in the doghouse from day one, and we all <laughs> thought he was going to be their breakout star. Uh, they did sign Duke Johnson from the Miami Dolphins in the offseason. So you have some competition there to push Singletary and keep him moving forward. Uh, that offense as a whole was a monster. I, I don't think that they really have to do much on that side of the football. Defensively is where you kind of saw them get picked apart. You have Tradavius White, who's one of the top two or three cornerbacks in the league. Uh, after that, they don't have a lot in that position. They're, they're very thin when it comes to consistent c- cornerback play uh, for that team. You have, a, you have a seventh rounder technically penciled in right now uh, at the 2020 draft, uh, Dane Jackson uh, as their second. Uh, this is where they make their move, and I think that they're probably going to lean cornerback. And uh, again, there's a little bit of a toss-up between two different players. Uh, you might go with a guy who's a little more cold weather ready and, and I'm going to go there. Trent McDuffie, you're going to the Buffalo Bills, pack your bags, hug your family. <laughs> yeah, he's he's definitely one of the best guys as far as athletes go in this draft, um, you know, as far as like his his speed is just off the charts. Uh, again, he, he's always been a great athlete. Uh, you know, he started 11 games as a true freshman. And, and again, you know, when it comes to the West Coast, uh, they, they've always aired it out. So, you know, physically and, and mentally, he, he's just uh, the type of player that I think this team needs uh, at this time. He's somebody could help take him over the top. I think he's a day one starter if he makes that if they do decide to, to make my pick uh, a reality for that. So uh, Trent McDuffie from Washington, cornerback, is going to Buffalo at pick twenty
1: five. We know I have Reese Hall going here, so I'm not going to say anything else about that. I'm still disappointed, but I'll, I'll let you live. <laughs> uh, pick number 26, the Tennessee Titans. I, I have them taking, uh, in my draft, I had them taking linebacker Nicobe Dean. In my draft, however, Devin Lloyd was not still available. I believe that Devin Lloyd is uh, an all-around better player than Dean. I, I think that Dean, uh, super fast uh, linebacker. I think he's really smart. It seems to me like a Mike Vrabel guy. Um, which is which is why I had him going there in my mock draft, but uh, Devin Lloyd is—he um, he was just a total package at Utah, and I think if he's still available here at number twenty-six, I do believe the Tennessee Titans would take him over Nicobe Dean. So I'm going to go ahead and give the Tennessee Titans Devin Lloyd in this mock draft. Yeah, uh, again, you had them taking Dean too, huh? Yeah,
0: I had Tennessee taking the Kobe Dean. I had Lloyd going, uh, mm-hmm. you know, almost ten picks ago, give or take. And, and you did you had him pretty much far back to where, yeah, he seems to be the the alpha when it comes to the linebackers the, of the two mm-hmm. uh, going off off the board on there. And yeah, Tennessee, um, you know, just looking to get stronger. Um, you know, they they look good most of the season, but again that that division, um, you know, the AFC South is uh, one of the I guess, more questionable divisions in football <laughs> when it comes to things where, um, you know, basically whoever wins 12 games is, is the the winner. <laughs> it yeah. just seems to be that way every single season, no matter what you do. It's a race um, to 12. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, and again, they were they were the they were a dominant team, but then mm-hmm. they got they got their lunch handed to them uh, pretty quick by Cincinnati, who was on their way to uh, the Super Bowl. Um, so that brings up the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, They, they have needs and they don't. I mean, obviously, you know, (laughs) when you, when you really look at them, uh, you know, they, they have Leonard Fournette, but they could use a new running back, but Keyshawn Vaughn, who state, Ronald Jones is gone. He went to Kansas city, Keyshawn Vaughn's there. He showed a little bit of flash. Uh, Is Jordan Davis still on our board? He is. He is. Yeah, I think if he were to slide this far down, uh, I think at this point, you know, you're not going to go and look for the, the heir apparent to, um. To Tom Brady or anything like that, right now, I don't think you're, you're you're poking that bear. I think that they would probably lean that way. I think they want to get me like meaner, tougher on on the defensive side of the football. Um, you know, they they had a hell of a comeback against the Rams, which just fell short, um, and it was just a matter of of just overall like they're not they weren't healthy at the end of the season. So you're going to bring in a younger guy like. But uh, Vita Vey is is a nice player at that nose tackle position. But overall, you you really need to start to get these guys in there. And I think if Jordan Davis is available all the way down here, uh, which which would just be amazing based on what he brings from a physical presence. um, He is, you know, 6'6", 341. He's another monster that you could plug in there. Suddenly, maybe you're you're a little more 4'3", than 3'4". Uh, you're, you're helping those linebackers stay a little bit healthier too. I think Jordan Davis comes off. I mean, again, I think that Nakobe Dean could be the pick here if he was still available, but I'd say if Jordan Davis is there just based on his physical specimen, uh, you know, and everything else that he, he would just be the guy. There's no way he goes as far down. Obviously, you know, we're, we're, we're spitballing, but yeah, uh, Jordan Davis would be the guy for me at Tampa Bay with 27
1: pick. Yeah. I have them taking Zion Johnson, but obviously he went earlier. I think they need to replace, uh, Ali Marpet he retired, and uh, they they do need an offensive guard, but there's not an, another offensive guard uh, ranked in the top 50. So I think you're right. I think if uh, if if these if this thing fell the way that that it it's falling right now, um, I, I don't think uh, a good general manager would pass on Jordan Davis either. All right, so I get to pick for Green Bay again. At least I get to pick for the good teams twice. Uh, <laughs> So Green Bay here, I think, you know, again, two picks in the first round. If they decide to keep those of these picks, they went wide receiver in our mock draft with one. I do believe that they would go on the defensive side of the ball. I actually have them taking George Karloftis. Uh, he obviously went much higher in in our draft today. So I think the Packers would be ecstatic to pick Nikobe Dean here, the linebacker out of Georgia. Again, like I said earlier, he's super fast. He's very intelligent. He's a guy who could become your leader on defense and the Packers could use a, a linebacker. So um, he's a guy who can also rush the quarterback. Not the biggest guy again, but, um, but a solid player. And uh, I think a, a great pick here at number 28. Who would you have the? You had uh, the I had Kane Kenyon career. Green. I okay. had the
0: offensive guard going there. You know, to, again to try to help that offensive line, mm-hmm. keep that quarterback safe, and and get her done on that level. Get her done. <laughs> uh, right, you're up, Kansas yeah. City Chiefs. Yep, you get one. I get one. So we each get to be a chef for a day. <laughs> um, we each get to be Andy I mean, Reid for. Well, he he knows about chefs. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, and this is why I, I mean, both of my picks are actually defensive. I know you're going to get one of them too. And I know Tyreek Hill left. Uh, they signed Juju. Uh, they signed Marquez Valdez, Scandling. They, they, they really feel highly on me. Hardman. Hardman uh, Byron Pringle left. We went to the bears. He had a quiet nice little season for them. Not too bad. And, and again, they they brought Ronald Jones into the fold. So they did add weapons, uh, nothing to to blow your socks off, so to knock your socks off. Either way, uh, if it's windy enough, I guess it would blow off. But uh, defensively is where it's like it's almost like every other year, uh, where Kansas City defensively is like hot and cold. It's it's one year their defense looks really good. The next year they they are just like a sieve. They need some help. Uh, they need some help at obviously safety. They need some help at, at pass rushing on the edge cornerback. I think that this is the spot where like your Andy Reed teams kind of do what they do. And he's not going to take a wide receiver. He's just not. Uh, I think that they go defense. I think that they lean to uh, Lewis uh, out of Georgia six uh, 2 about 200 pounds. It's, it's one of those players that you kind of don't do anything wrong by picking this guy here out of Georgia, you know, based on the size, you know, he's a downhill hitter. So he's going to get into backfields. He's going to make plays. He's going to be that guy that blitzes off the edge. Again, you have some, some players in that division that, that he's definitely going to be matched up with. You know, you have your Austin Ecklers, you have your uh, Josh Jacobs, you know, you you have guys like that, that, that are pretty solid. You have Javante Williams who makes everybody miss. Uh, This is a guy who might not miss as often. So, you know, based on his, his set. I think that that's one of the big things. And he's a heavy hitter. Like Mm -hmm. you put the fear of God in people. They're not in a hurry. Uh, Coming across the middle, I might take that 15-yarder as long as I don't really overdo it. Uh, I'm going to take your slot receiver. I'm going to take your tight end down. Suddenly, you know, that offense is chicken little, and and that's a whole (laughs) different story. So uh, I think uh, he would be the pick for me, uh, one of the first two in a row for Kansas City.
1: Yeah, I know you have another uh, edge rusher going to them next at 30. Um, I actually had them taking cornerback at 30, uh, but I do believe that they're going to select a wide receiver. I I am not sure, and I don't know if the Chiefs are sure that Juju Smith-Schuster can be a number one receiver. He he, the year that he produced his you know his massive season was the year that uh, he was across from Antonio Brown, who I, I believe was the number one wide receiver in fantasy football that year, he was the number one receiver in the league. I don't know if, if Smith Schuster is that guy that can that can kind of be the the do-it-all uh wide receiver and and the number one true number one. And I do believe that again, if the draft falls this way with Chris Olave still on the board, the wide receiver out of Ohio State, I don't think that they would be able to pass on him. As much as like I do agree that they need help on defense. I, I, I think that. The Chiefs also are going to select the wide receiver here. I know Andy Reid is not a big wide receiver guy in the first round, and there's a lot of good wide receivers in this draft that the Chiefs could pass on one here and potentially pick one up in the second round. But with Chris Olave still available, and the Chiefs, you know, like I said, losing Tyreek Hill, since this is my choice, I'm going to take Chris Olave. Um, like I said, I did have them in my mock draft going Elam. And then Christian Watson, who I, I really like as a wide receiver as well, but uh, that was with Alave, obviously not on the board. So I know you had them taking uh, Arnold Ebiketie, the edge rusher out of Penn State, in the second spot, which is I think is is reasonable and and very possible um, as well. So moving on to the Bengals at number thirty-one, who. Uh, this is your pick here. Who you who got the, uh, the Super Bowl runner up taking. This is my
0: last pick in this draft. Make it a good uh, one. Yes. Well, I had Tyler Linderbaum uh, originally. Cause they do need to beef up the O-line a little bit. Protect Joe, Joey ball game. Uh, Joey Gats needs, <laughs> uh, needs, needs some the guys. Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, uh, that's a whole other story. Um, you know defensively too, though, they did suffer, you know, that Super Bowl was a lot closer than than maybe the final score indicated and and they they got beat on some tough plays. Now, again, they need help on the top end. They need some defensive tackle help. They need some some safety help. Uh, you know, we just took one off the board uh, for Kansas City. I mean, of the two positions right now, you have at least what I'm seeing, I don't think there's anybody crazy left. But you also do see, I believe, N'Kobe Dean is still available.
1: No, no. I took him at uh, 28 for the Packers. You did. Okay, mm-hmm. that's right.
0: So, I mean, with with all the people that are left, I'm just going to throw a dart. Again, this is another one of those picks where you could see these guys trade back, just acquire an asset, get out of the first. Uh, they probably would have done it maybe a little bit, uh, a little bit earlier. Uh, I think maybe they go in the secondary just to kind of beef up there. Jaquan Brisker mm-hmm. out of Penn State. Physically physically one again, another safety, one about 200 pounds. But the big thing for him is, like, overall, it sounds like his awareness, uh, identifying routes. Uh, he's going to be, you know, where your linebackers tend to be more of the play caller general, so to speak. You know, your safeties are, are really the, the overall guy that's standing back there and, and watching what's happening. So uh, I think Jaquan Brisker, if that was the case, would be uh, a smart pick for them. Uh, he's one of the better safeties in the draft. Again, at this point, you know you could go kind of anywhere based on what's left overall talent-wise. I could, you know, maybe take another wide receiver. Why not? But the more <laughs> the merrier. But at the end of the day, I, I think that would probably be a a pick uh, for them. Uh, K or Elam? I was kind of feeling like maybe he had a shot to to slide there too. But cornerback as
1: a replacement for Eli Apple.
0: Yes. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Um, you know, <laughs>
1: Apple doesn't fall far
0: from the tree. But. Uh, <laughs> So yeah, now at the end of the day, I'll I'll go with Brisker uh, with my last pick for the Cincinnati Bengals.
1: Yeah, I had Cincinnati taking a cornerback. Um, Elam was off the board in in my mock, and I had him taking Kyler Gordon, who who I had as the next cornerback available. But uh, again, any any defensive backfield help, I think would would be big for Cincinnati. The last pick to the Detroit Lions, I do believe that. And I think that many believe that this pick is going to be a quarterback unless Detroit takes one at two, which I highly doubt, or trades back and takes one somewhere in the middle of the first round. I I, I just, I don't see them doing that either. How I feel is there's a number of quarterbacks that are good enough to be drafted at 32, that maybe are not good enough to be drafted at say eight or 10 or whatever. I think Detroit's looking for a leader. And I think the guy with the biggest leadership potential in this draft uh is desmond ritter and i think that even though he may not be the highest ranked quarterback by you know some mock draft experts i think that he's a guy who's proven in the at the college level that he can win games he can he can lead a team and i think that that's the the type of player that detroit's looking for and i think with the last pick they would obviously get that fifth year option on the quarterback and i think that i think you have matt corral going here am i correct yeah yeah, yeah. I was kind so of so it's it's definitely quarterback, a quarterback, but... I, I believe. And and I think most mock drafts that I've seen have had a quarterback going with the with 32 pick. So um I think uh my personal preference is Ritter. A lot of people uh do like Corral better or you know, any of the you know, there's a lot of other quarterbacks that kind of fall in that that little grouping there of um Sam Howell is in there as well and stuff like that. So um, but I like Ritter and I think that his performance at the Combine has uh, risen him up some some NFL draft board. So we did it, man. We did it. We got through all 32 picks, and um, you we want to really just didn't, rattle them off real we quick. We didn't argue with each other, which was which was nice. Yeah, we're we're running out of time, so I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna run through them real quick for you. Uh, at one, we went uh, Drayvon Walker out of Georgia. Number two, Aiden Hutchinson from Michigan. Number three was Evan Neal, tackle out of Alabama. The Jets went with Kayvon Thibodeau. Number four. The edge rusher out of Oregon, Giants at number five. Went Charles Cross, Mississippi State offensive tackle. The Panthers at number six. Went Ikey Okwunnu, offensive tackle from North Carolina State. Giants at number seven. Went Garrett Wilson, wide receiver out of Ohio State. Jermaine Johnson at number eight to the Atlanta Falcons from out of Florida State. Malik Willis, quarterback out of Liberty, two to the Seattle Seahawks at nine. Jets take Jameson Williams, wide receiver out of Alabama at number ten zion johnson guard out of boston college to the washington commanders at 11. ahmad sauce gardner the cornerback from cincinnati to the minnesota vikings at number 12. the houston texans take kyle hamilton the star safety out of notre dame at 13. tyler linderbaum the center out of iowa goes number 14 to the baltimore ravens philadelphia eagles take Derek stingley jr cornerback out of lsu at 15. number 16 is trevor penning Offensive tackle out of Northern Iowa. George Karloftis is next 17 to the Chargers. Number 18, Drake London to the Philadelphia Eagles. Wide receiver at USC. Daxton Hill, the safety out of Michigan. Uh, at number 19 to the New Orleans Saints. Everybody's favorite pick, Kenny Pickett. Quarterback out of Pittsburgh to Pittsburgh. From Pittsburgh to Pittsburgh. Uh, Andrew Booth Jr., cornerback out of Clemson. Goes 21 to the Patriots. Traylon Burks, 22 to the Green Bay Packers. Brees Hall, running back from Ohio uh, Iowa State, excuse me, going to the Arizona Cardinals. The Dallas Cowboys select Kenyon Green, offensive guard from Texas AM. Buffalo Bills, at 25, take Trent McDuffie, the cornerback out of Washington. 26, the Tennessee Titans take Devin Lloyd, the linebacker out of Utah. Jordan Davis falls all the way to 27 to the Tampa Bay Bucks. Nicobe Dean, linebacker out of Georgia. Uh, 28 to the Packers. Lewis Seen, the safety out of Georgia to Kansas City Chiefs at 29. We actually had three Georgia defenders go uh, three three in a row there. Yeah. Chris Olave, the wide receiver out of Ohio State, also to Kansas City at 30. And Jaquan Brisker, safety out of Penn State to the Bengals. And then Desmond Ritter, the quarterback from Cincinnati to the Detroit Lions with their second and final pick of the first round. So we'll see how many we get right know what i'm gonna i'm gonna keep this and see how many we get right together and then we'll we'll also obviously do our little thing for uh you know for our case of adult sodas at the draft so uh what do you think about that draft i think there's some some spots where uh obviously we differed big time and then there's some spots where you know we were dead on you know had the same exact guys in the same exact spot so it's 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 nice and fun to see where other people think guys are going to go, and and obviously this time of year with all the mock drafts going on, you know there's there's a ton of, um, you know speculation and prognostication, and and you know we do our little part here to, uh, you know just to have a little bit of fun and and talk about some of these draft picks and where they're going to go, and you know like Scott said we'll come back in in a week or two um, after you know everybody is kind of settled into their teams and talk about some of the fantasy impact of some of these players and, uh, you know, kind of how we think these things will shake out. Uh, I feel like these wide receivers that go at the end of the draft are going to be probably much higher up fantasy draft boards um, just due to their landing spot. But uh, it'll be interesting to get into those conversations uh, here in a couple of weeks.
0: No, absolutely. Again, we're, you know, pulling these out at last minute and and trying to figure on the fly who to take and obviously these, Pro teams, for the most part, would have all these backup players, and and again, the big thing is going to be yeah, making making moves the the night of the draft, where some of these teams are just they're not going to see their guy. Somebody else wants that pick. They want their guy and they're going to make their moves. And a lot of these picks are going to, they could actually be in the spots where we have them, but they just might not be going to those teams based on team needs and what, uh, what they're willing to do to get up or down in the draft. And, and if they stay in the first round and so on and so forth. So yeah, when we, uh, when we talk to you next, we'll figure out who owes who next uh, at the draft and then see uh, what, what offensive skill set players, you know, again, where they're at, on on these new teams and how that affects them based on the offense that they're going into and some of the players around them so uh it'll be interesting to see what happens after thursday and the rest of the weekend at the nfl draft uh hopefully your team uh makes it out like bandits and and does pretty well and and we'll see how it goes folks but uh for pat uh this is scott and again we always appreciate everybody listening and You know, we did this for fun and we're going to get back into the fantasy stuff uh, before you know it. But this was a little real fantasy, so to speak, for both of us uh, here at the Nine Rail.
1: Yeah, that's going to do it for this week. And uh, make sure that you hit that little plus button at the top of your screen there where you're listening to this podcast. So when we come back in a few weeks and talk about the fantasy impact of these players, you'll be notified of our new podcast. So until then, uh, we will talk to you later.
0: Peace.